0: Sefer Yoshua, <clears throat> Perek Zion, the 7th chapter of the book of Joshua, this is Rabbi Bini Marilis, part of the Nach Yomi series for the Orthodox Union. The 7th Perek deals with a very sad story, the story of Achan who steals from the cheirem, who steals from that which was set aside in Yericho. This is a very sad tale. It's very sad for a variety of reasons, particularly of note is the timing. The Jewish people are in Eretz Yisrael, in the the land of Israel, for a very, very short period of time, and already they come across a problem. And already they can't keep up on their end of the bargain. So quick to err, so quick to mess up what seems to be such a good thing. It's true that nobody knows until the aftermath of Ai, but nonetheless, this happens at Yericho. It seems, according to some of the different commentaries as well, quoting from Midrashic texts, that Achan was not new to this type of activity, that he had done so before, on the other side of the Jordan River, before they had crossed. But it's very sad as well, For the impact that it has on the Jewish people as a whole, and the impact that it has on the other nations. Those issues we'll deal with in the course of our Parak. Peregzine begins, The Pesach begins very clearly faulting all of the Jewish people. It's not a mistake that it's written that way. It's written in plural. Vayim al'u is everyone stole from hektesh. Everyone stole from the property of God. Not just a singular person, but in a sense that everyone is punishable here. Everyone is guilty here. Everyone is culpable uh, with respect to the actions of this gentleman, Achan, who comes from the tribe of Yehuda, and God is angry. God's ire is raised up against the Jewish people, albeit they have no idea that that's the case. Why is it such? Say the Mitzudos, as well as many of the other commentaries, Al Shalosh Shamruzedzeh, they didn't watch each other. It was a command of Yehoshua in the previous chapter that they have to be watchful and mindful and careful with respect to the Cherem, with respect to the Dvarim Kedoshim, with respect to that which was left over in Yerichal. And by virtue of the fact that somebody takes and someone steals from the hekdesh, steals from the sacred objects, they're all culpable, they're all responsible, they're all guilty in some form or fashion. Before we continue with the story itself, let me share with you an incredible, incredible, beautiful Malbim at the beginning of the here as well. The Malbim tells us that you can learn two things from this chapter based on the word Vayimalu that everybody steals. Modiya, he says, Ki Chol B'nei Yisrael kshurim Echad That all of the Jewish people are connected and tied together as one body. Ad Ish Mehem Yichuso El haklal. That each man in person, every person, is connected as a yichus to the entirety of the people. Ki yichus ever echad min hagviyah el hagviyah. in the same manner of the connection and the bond between each limb of the person's body. Ukimosha echad Just like when a person becomes ill, or God forbid, loses a limb. That it potentially, and in fact, very likely, is related to illness that spreads throughout the body. And similarly, that's taking by Achan from the Cherem is as if everyone had taken from the Cherem. All the Jewish people stole from Hekdei. Achan was the taker. So the first thing that one has to learn here, and this is a very painful way to learn it, is the inyan of Aurevos, the, the idea of the intertwining, the connection, the bond that exists between all of the members of Kla Yisrael, such that when one errs, we all err, and when one slips up, we're all responsible and guilty, and we all should feel some sense of culpability with respect to that. A very painful lesson to learn here. At the same time, says the Malbim, something else is very important to understand too, and this is incredible. The Malbim goes a step further and a step deeper. There's a difference in the punishment that comes by virtue of action versus the punishment that comes by virtue of the Divine Presence removing itself. He says, the manner in which God punishes the person who does something versus the way He punishes somebody who doesn't do something is not the same. That Achan is the only one who gets skilah. The Jewish people don't get skilah. Achan gets skilah. He gets stoned is not the same as the way in which God punishes when it is a case where God removes or holds back his providence over the people. that will happen for the entirety of the population when it is that are amongst them sinners, Yastir of Kula. Then God hides His face, kiviyachal, <inaudible> hides Himself from them entirely. As we know, halo achan ma'al Wasn't it only achan who stole? V'akol adas Yisrael hayaketzef. But all of the people were part of the anger of God. V'kulam alulim le'mikra <inaudible> upega. And all of them are possible, are subject. to, to the realities of happenstance and circumstance, and as well, injury. <inaudible> to the point where it's possible <inaudible> that a person who did not sin will get punished. <inaudible> when they're in a place of sakana and danger, <inaudible> that the person who's not there won't get punished. Remember, in our situation, Achan is not fighting the war. So he doesn't get punished at the war, but other people get punished in the war, even though it's Achan who does something wrong. It's a very powerful notion and idea about the way in which punishment works. Back to the story. So Achan does what he does, nobody knows, and now we get to the story of Ai. Ai is what you would call a one-horse town. Uh, It's not a big town, it does not appear to be, it should not have been viewed as a very powerful town. Uh, it's a small village along the way that should have been easily conquerable. Uh, a super underdog is what you might call I. In Pasuk Beis, in verse 2, Yoshua sends people from Yericho to I, gives a little bit of detail as to where it's located. It's near Beit El. Joshua says to them as follows, Go up and check out the land. They go up and they spy the city of Ai. The Maba makes an incredible point here. They made a mistake. They looked at only Ai when he asked them to look at the entirety of the land. By virtue of making that error, they appear overconfident. They appear to be unconcerned with their enemy. And in Gimel, they come back to Yeshua and they say, Not everyone has to go. 2,000, 3,000 people should go up and, and, and destroy Ai. There are very few people there. We don't need everybody. The advice of the Anashim, these spies, we don't need such a big army. Why, why waste ammunition and people on uh, an energy when we don't really need all of them. It's an amazing statement. I mean, they win one battle, they win it miraculously, and now they're, they're certain that um, they can take this no problem. 3,000, approximately 3,000 people go up there to Ai from the Jewish people. And suddenly they're running away. It almost sounds, the Mavlin points out, as if there was no battle yet. As if they didn't even start fighting, and suddenly they're running away. The Jews are deflated. They're defeated. Wow! They just had this incredible moment of revelation, of victory. At the hands of Jericho of Yericho, they're elated. They're flying. They're exalted. They come in confident. There's no way anyone's going to stop them. And then this little one-horse town of Ai kills what sounds to be 36 people, the Jewish people, which hadn't happened before, beats them back, and maybe the most crucial point from a military perspective is now suddenly the underdogs have confidence. The nations of the land of Canaan suddenly now believe that they can be victorious against the Jewish people. Whereas a day ago, a week ago, whenever it was immediately before this, when they went to Yericho, destroyed Yericho in such a fashion, their hearts melted, the nations of the other people here, the nation of the Jewish people melt. Their confidence is gone. It's an amazing thing how quickly and fickle their confidence level seems to be, but one can understand it as well. These are people who never fought wars before, they're not exactly an army in the classic sense that we we may think of the United States Army or the IDF, it's not who they are. At the same time, they're worried and concerned about where they're located now, they're in a new place, there are a lot of enemies out there. At the third level, as much as they believe, and they know that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is with them, and the miracles of Yericho, it's almost monumental, it's almost mind-blowing to think that such a thing can happen. And no different than the Jewish people in the midbar, who very quickly turn when something doesn't go their way, hear, they crumble. And, Pasuk Vav, verse 6, Yoshua tears his clothing. Ay. What has happened to us? falls on his face. You can imagine him crying and davening and, and mourning and, and wondering what happened. Not only him. Who They put ash on their head. They put dirt on their heads. The nation is now rent asunder. The nation is rent to a point of mourning. And Yehoshua cries out. And what he says is unbelievable. Verse seven. Yehoshua, aha Rashi says, "What is aha? It's bechi. It's crying. It's it's tearful. It's mourning. It's 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 full of sorrow and pain and suffering." And he says. Why did you take us across the Yardin to put us in the hands of these Amoris? To destroy us? What is this? It's reminiscent of cries of the Jewish people in the Midbar. There, it was the Jewish people making the cry. Here, it's Yehoshua. Perhaps, he's personifying a cry of the people. That's a speculation. These are what Yehoshua says to a Kedosh Baruch Hu. V'lu ho'alnu what are we doing? Let's, let's, let's settle on the other side of the river. Rashi says, Let us settle there. We, we captured that area. We captured Sichon Vaog. The two and a half tribes are settled there. What are we doing? Why are we doing this? What's to be gained from this? What, what is what Kaddish Baruch Hu saying to us? What, what are we getting from here, Kaddish Baruch Hu? Bi Adonai. Ma'omar acharei asher hafak Yisrael oref o'ivav. What's going to be now, G-d Baruch Tell me. Explain to me, please. The nations of the land are going to see that we turned face. We turned our backs on our enemies and we ran. We ran away from them. Vishmu hakinani v'chol yosh in Pasuk Tes. V'nasobu aleinu v'ichrisu es So Yeshua approaches this on different planes. On level one, it's a concern with respect to the mission in general, the ability to settle the land. In verse number two, which is Pasach Ches, he speaks to the notion of the enemies, and now how difficult the battle is going to be. Practical. At the same time, he then adds a third layer which is reminiscent of the tefilahs of Moshe Rabbeinu, with respect to the Chil Hashem involved. Kodesh Baruch if this is the way people are going to think about us. If they, This is the way the other nations are going to think about the Jewish people. What are they going to think about the God of the Jews? What are they going to think about um, His power? or well, now it seems perceived lack of power, that He brought us in here to be destroyed. He's not strong, this God. Kodesh Baruch what Chilu Hashem that is. How do we fix that? the Baruch Hu's response is fascinating. Adonai Yehoshua, What are you doing, Yehoshua? This is not the time for this. For now, your job is to figure out what went wrong. Don't come crying to me. Don't come talking to me about X and Y and Z issue. Figure out what happened. It's your job. Figure it out. You're the leader of the Jewish people. Something went wrong. That's all it is. Nothing more, nothing less. There was an error in judgment. There was an error in action somewhere. Find it. Make it public. People should understand the severity of it. And let's move on. As if to say, when it's corrected, I is not a big deal. Rashi takes it a step further. Rashi offers... Three shatim here. Three explanations of Kumlach. First he says, Okay, Yadavin, Very good. Yadavin, there was good tefillos. Yahushua, now let's go. D'varachher, Amadetol lechob ha'machaneh, v'lo yatsati imahem. Rashi quotes from a Midrashic text that what happens here is that Yehoshua didn't go to the battle. Kum lach, you stayed, you had to go. He says, I commanded you that it's your job to take them into the land, to lead them in war, to settle the land. And you send the troops and you don't go? kumlah let's go. Stand up. Let's figure this out. And the third one. Bishvil chazos lahem. Fascinating explanation. This is because of you. This this text, this Rashi, tells us one of the discussions that happens in the previous parak that I, we left out yesterday is who commanded leaving the city of Yericho as a cherem, as Dever Hektesh. This understanding implies that it's on Yehoshua, he decided that that should be the case, and it didn't come from a Baruch Hu, and God says, I didn't say it for you. The, the Yetzirah was in, in, incredible. I didn't tell you to do that. You did it. So this is on you. The chait comes by virtue of you. So now Yehoshua has to figure it out. Chata Yisrael, Yer Aleph, in verse 11. They did many things wrong here. There was a big error. There was a big avera. Tremendous transgression. And they transgressed the covenant that I had with them. And they took from the Kerem. And they stole. And they lied. And they put it in their stuff. In Yudbez, In Yudbez, in, in verse 12, God says, They cannot possibly stand up to their enemies. I cannot possibly be with them. I cannot bring myself, God says, to be with them unless they rid themselves of the cheirem, of this Dvarim Kedoshim from amongst them. Kum, same word from before. Kadesha sa'am. Va'amartis kadshu lemachar. Go, get up, go to the nation, set them to prepare. Invite them to be prepared for tomorrow. Get themselves ready for Tomorrow. Because in verse yud Gimel, God says, God says to Yeshua, this is what you should say to them. This is what God told me to tell you. We cannot stand up to our enemies, as long as this is with, amongst us. Something happened here, someone made it, uh, transgressed, someone did an Aveira, and we have to remove that. And then God says to him, and you should go to the different tribes. And when we describe, the, the discern amongst the tribes which tribe it's from, we'll then move out the rest of the tribes and focus on that tribe. And we'll focus on the different families in that tribe. And then when we find the family amongst that tribe where the transgression exists, we will now. Discern amongst and investigate amongst that family to the different households. And then from the households to the men. And the one that is found to have transgressed, he will be burned. Him and all that's his. Because he crossed the covenant and he did an, a, committed an abomination in the Jewish people. Now, exactly how it plays out, it's clear that he doesn't get burned in this manner. He is stoned to death. He does get skilah. His stuff is, in fact, burned. With respect to what happens to his family, is subject to an open discussion. Um, possibly, according to some commentaries, that they knew what happened, and they didn't say anything, and therefore they are, in fact, guilty and punishable. Um, it's possible that they're blind, and they have no idea what happened, and they have no idea what Achan had done, and therefore, they are not punished, but that in fact they're taken to the position, into the place, into the post where he is punished, so they can learn a very valuable and monumental, albeit a painful lesson, um, with respect to the sins of their father and head of household. <inaudible> <inaudible> Yeshua rises early in the morning again, the fulfillment of the mitzvah, of the command of God, he does early in the morning, <inaudible> and he gathers the Jewish people and tribes. And it falls upon the tribe of Judah. The way this seems to have played out, um, according to the different commentaries in the Midrashim, is that he essentially passed them before the Urim V'tumim, passed them before the Aron, and the tribe that simply was not able to continue, it was clear that that was the tribe that was at fault. When it got to Yehuda, it stopped. And therefore they knew that it was Yehuda As well, there's a notion about the Urim V'tumim, uh, that were being used here and that the stone of Judah the stone of the tribe of Judah uh, weakened the color of the stone weakened and it was clear that it was from that tribe so now the families of Yehuda were brought forward and it was clear that it was from the family of Zerach they moved amongst the men of, Zer, of, uh, of Zerach and they came upon the household of Zavdi And then it becomes clear that it's Achan. Achan is the one who has stolen. Achan who is the one who has taken. But Achan, it seems, does not go quietly. According to the Midrashim, and the way Rashi quotes it here, sticking with Rashi today, Rashi quotes the following: "Vayakiv es mishbachas Yehuda in Yitzayin, l'goral echad karav Rashi mishbachos adam echam nikom mishbacha vehetiloh goral amipol v'yachar kach alkalbate avot shalosa mishbacha uva adam echam mikol beis av l'goral v'yachar kolanche osah Rashi explains how the lottery "quote unquote" works for each of the tribes um at play here, and in quoting further in the other, the other commentaries. Achan doesn't go quietly. Achan. The Holy Alagora Rashi says in yud Tess. We'll get to it in a moment. Let's read the Psukim. yud Tess vayamu yoshua l'Achan. Bini simna kavo'd l'Adonai yoshua ben oto da. Va'geid na li me'asisa aticha mimeni. Yeshua speaks in such a soft, in such a sweet, in such a such a such, a, such a, an emotional tone, in such a beautiful way to the person not out of anger, not out of um, suffering, but it seems out of pain, out of, out of relating and connecting to where this person is. Show honor to God. Admit what has happened here. The language of Na. Please. Tell me what we did. Don't hide anything from me. Just say it. Speak the truth. Tell us what happened here. Tell us what went wrong. Allow the MS to come through. It seems that Yeshua is simply saying this to him. but Rashi points out in Yotes, He's halotzi lazalagoral. Achan was not quiet. He was mocking the lotteries. Ah Amarlo you're coming to me with a lottery if you and Elazar Eleazar who are coming to me to say that I'm the one who's guilty if you too would do a Goral it would fall on one of you also there's no rhyme or reason there's no legitimacy to this show respect don't mak the goral con- the concept <laughs> because then is the man in which a Baruch Hu is going to give out the land and separate the land amongst the tribes it's not something happenstance it's not luck of the draw there's value there's import there's significance that's endowed and imbued in a goral of this nature and answers he then explains exactly what he did. I did it. I sinned. I saw amongst the shlal, amongst the booty, amongst all the stuff, this beautiful Babylonian coat, cloak. And 200 shekel kesef. And 200 And it seems to be a a long piece of gold. The value of 50 shekel. And I wanted them, I desired them, and I took them. And they're in my ohel, they're hidden, and the money's worth it too. What an admittance in court. I did something wrong. This is what I did. Vishlach Malachim Yoshua sends Malachim, he sends men. They go, they run to the Ohel they run to his tent. He sends them there and they find exactly what he said. They find it there. They bring them out. They bring them to Yoshua and they zikum, pazram aron, says the Mitsuda. They spread them out before the Aron. Yiru hadavar. So they should see that this is in fact true. But they wanted the Jewish people to see that in fact this is what happened here. This is what was wrong. This is what the error was. This is where the, 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 the issue was in the people. And this is why we suffered. And I. Now, it's true, it's Achan who did it. And then they're all guilty. But it's important that the Goral not be viewed as simply they found the guy and that's the guy. But rather to show the evidence, to show the items, to show what he took. This is all it took to have all these people die. And I. V'yikach, Yoshua's Achan ben Zerach. Yoshua takes Achan. V'es v'esah V'es HaAderes, V'leshon HaZah, V'es B'naves, Ben O'Stah, V'es Shorov, V'es V'chol Imo. Yehoshua takes everybody and all of this stuff and he brings them to the place in the manner in which you have made us look abominable you made us look made us look ugly you've diminished us you brought us down to do to you as well. 11. They stone him to death. They burn all of the items. And then they throw stones upon him. They heap upon him stones. Sort of as a monument until this day. And the God Baruch's whose anger wanes. He goes back to where he was. And so they name it because there is where the ugliness is. There is where the Cheronaf Hashem is, but it's gone. The rest of it's gone. So they stone him and they stone his animals and they destroy his ho- his his tent and his property and it's a public event. The nation sees it, the nation witnesses it and it's a very painful situation for them. They've lost people. When was the last time in the Jewish people that they lost members? Via war? Via anything? It's been a while. And they suffered. They felt the pain. And they now seem to come to understand the significance, the import and the severity of not following HaKadosh Baruch Hu's word Kedat Ukedin. Of not being foot soldiers in the physical military sense and as well being foot soldiers for the message of God. The message of God in the land is a message of belief in a Kurisbarku, belief in the life of Torah and the life of Mitzvos that has to be passed and shown and disseminated and spread and publicized amongst the nations. And any slip up and any mess up diminishes the grandeur and the majesty of God in the world, particularly in this land which is to be their land, to be their home base forward, and diminishes in a certain sense the Jewish people, which is clear. Of course, they are then victorious at Ai, and they're victorious in their other wars. But we'll see again the meticulous nature that has to be exacted by the Jewish people so that these types of messages get across. Their manner in which Yehoshua will handle the Givonim going forward. In a sense, Lifni Monsieur asadin above the letter. But very crucially, following what it is HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants. As long as they follow God they follow what it is that HaKadosh Baruch who God commands through Yahushua to them, they have nothing to fear. They have nothing to worry about. They'll be successful, they'll be victorious. We'll see it. The 8th chapter, beginning tomorrow. The story of the capture of Ai. And then the monumentous event at Har Grisim and Har